0: I'm not Don Adams, but I'm a celebrity impersonator, and would you believe this is the most listened-to podcast in the world? I find that hard to believe. Would you believe the United States? I don't think so. How about Guatemala? I'm Ed Gross, and you're listening to CloserWeekly.com's classic TV and film podcast, where we celebrate the golden age of television and movies, then and now... There is a classic scene on The Mary Tyler Moore Show that is always shown whenever the series is showcased, where Ed Asner's Lou Grant accuses Mary Richards of having spunk, to which she smiles, nods her head goofily, and says, Yeah, to which he replies, I hate spunk. Well, if you're looking for spunk personified, look no further than Erin Murphy, who you probably know as young Tabitha Stevens on Bewitched. But there's so much more to Erin than just that classic sitcom. While she continued acting here and there after the show, She was also a model for hang Ten swimwear, casting director, makeup artist, fashion stylist, motivational speaker, TV host, and correspondent, a reality show celebrity judge, a lifestyle writer for different magazines, celebrity spokesperson, has been involved with various charities, is the mother of six, and is one of the most upbeat people you'll ever talk to. And to prove just how upbeat she is, she actually pushed our original interview off by half an hour because she was in a flood zone resulting from a California mudslide. She wasn't canceling the interview, mind you, only pushing it off for thirty minutes. This woman has definitely got spunk, and sorry, Lou, we love it. Hi, is this Erin? Yes,
1: it
0: is. It's Ed Gross, Erin. How are you?
1: I'm good. I've been better.
0: I'm sure. Oh my god, I've never had I've had interviews get rescheduled before. Never for a mudslide <laughs> or landslide or whatever slides are going on there. Are you okay? I know, right?
1: I'm fine. Actually let me let me find a place out of a flood zone to pull over. Just a oh second. My you, wait.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's really not like, that urgent, but okay. Whatever you want to do.
1: Yeah, might as well do it. Why not? Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh,
0: you're good? Okay. You're out of the flood yeah, zone. I'm good. Good.
1: So, well, I'm I'm still in one, but I, I, I think I'm I'm almost in high ground.
0: <laughs> I want you to know. <laughs> You're almost to the high ground. I want you to know how guilty I'm going to feel if you start glubbing, you know, while we're talking, I'm going to feel really bad. Okay.
1: it it may be your most interesting interview ever. (laughs) It would
0: be, it would be a live death as you're witnessing it folks. (laughs) God. But in any case, with all that going on, thank you for taking the time. I do appreciate it. Of course. Happy to do it. You know, so um, I've got to ask, I mean, to me, for you having done a show so many years ago, and I know you've done so much more since that show ended, is it mind-blowing at all, though, that people like me and other people are contacting you to say, hey, let's talk about this show you did as a kid?
1: You know, it's not odd because it's been my entire life, so I don't know anything else. I was on a show when I was a baby to a you know young child, and people have always wanted to talk about it. So it doesn't seem weird at all. It just seems normal.
0: And, and but that, oh, that's great, though. I mean, because the weird thing is for me is, like, I watch old videos I've taken of my boys, right? I have three sons who are now, like, adults. Uh, and I would take videos of them, and I watch the videos, and I say, oh, yeah, I have zero memory of the event, but I remember it because of the videotape. Is yeah. Bewitched like that yeah. for you at all? or? F-
1: you know, it is a little, but it, it, it isn't also, because I have memories that obviously weren't on camera. So I remember things about, oh, yeah, that's the day when, and I remember something we had for lunch that day. Or I remember, like, the, the things that happened behind the scenes. So it's meant nice to have have the shows to watch, but I remember it, too.
0: Oh, that's great. Seriously. You know. Um, what are your memories? I and mean, when you hear Bewitched, you know, what sort of comes to mind?
1: Oh, my gosh. Just it, It's funny. I really just think now about how lucky I was. I mean, I, I really feel kind of honored to have been on a show that people love so much, and I mean, I remember almost all of it. I mean, I remember, you know, the scenes and the animals that were there and all the people who were there, and I remember learning my lines, and I mean, it's they're all great memories.
0: Wow. And how was it working with, like, uh, Elizabeth Montgomery and Dick York and then Dick Sargent and all those people? I mean, was it a...
1: You know, it was it was awesome. I mean, they were all luckily wonderful people, and I think I learned a lot from all of them. And and they all loved kids, so I I feel like I was lucky that you know they were like my family members.
0: That's interesting. And what's very cool is you brought up the animals thing before. I would imagine as a kid, that show had a lot of animals over the years. Now that you mention it,
1: it did. I mean, we had chimpanzees and elephants and gosh, everything. I mean, it was it was a fun show to work on for sure. Why
0: do you think it appeals? Like, you know, we talked about the fact that people from your entire life have wanted to talk about this. Why is it that it appeals so much that people are that interested so many years later?
1: You know, I I said this a lot, but I think it's true. I When something is done well, it holds up over time. And whether that be a book or a TV show or a movie or artwork, if something is great, people people tend to continue loving it. And we had all the right things to make a really, really great show and people like the magical aspect of it. I think everybody wishes they could do magic and I think it translates well to other languages because it's a very visual show and, you know, there are different things to, that appeal to different people. And I think, I mean, our show is so enormously popular with the LGBTQ community because, the main character is someone who was in the closet and they couldn't be themselves. So I think our show translates across so many different, you know, different areas that it holds up.
0: See, I didn't realize that. Now that you're saying it, oh yeah, that makes sense. Uh, About about its appeal to that segment of the audience. Seriously. It's like, I never thought of it, but now that you're saying it, it's like, oh yeah, that's interesting. I'm a witch. I'm in the closet. Hey, got it. (laughs) Takes me a while, you know, about 50 years. And then I I come around and I... (laughs) come to understand it. So that's pretty good. But, you know, um, what was weird too, is like as an audience member, I remember as a kid watching the show and when the Darren's changed, <laughs> when Dick York left and Dick Sargent came in, I was like, that ain't Darren. You know, I <laughs> for you as a kid who's used to calling, I mean, obviously it's not your real father. It's an act- acting thing, but was it weird suddenly having a different man playing your father on the show?
1: You know, it, it wasn't because I knew that Dick York had been, you know, not doing well and not feeling well the last over last year that he was on the show. So, I mean, I was aware that he was in pain and, and it was explained to me. I mean, we had different actors playing different family members of mine, you know, all the time. So it it wasn't that, that big a transition. They were both great, but very different people. Oh yeah,
0: absolutely somebody like Paul Lynn, did you work with Paul? I know it feels like he was in like, you did. What was it like working with him? Cause I mean, I've always loved Paul Lynn. I mean, as a kid. From yeah. Oh, life.
1: Paul Lynn's hilarious. I think he's a lot like Robin Williams. He's just one of those people where he's naturally funny. His voice is funny. His mannerisms are funny. I loved working with him.
0: I, I also wonder, you know, today you, kids watch shows or people watch shows and say, Oh, they did a CG. Oh, it's CG It's CG. Obviously there wasn't no CG, from from... No, we
1: we did do green screen. We did we did do green screen, which was kind of like the beginning of of that kind of stuff. But none of it was computer generated. We were kind of old school with camera tricks and and strings and wires and things like that.
0: So as a kid on the set, that, that that's what I was going to ask: is is that was that difficult to sort of have the patience for it, or were you just on board for the whole thing and it didn't matter?
1: It goes back to, it's all I know. So, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that if I'd done another show, if I'd been on Brady Bunch before Bewitched, I would think, oh, well, this is taking longer to, to shoot than, than some other things might. But it it was my main job, so it seemed normal to me.
0: So what was Tabitha's character arc? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, not, not, <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke. Uh, I laughed. <laughs> I know, and that's always good. When you get a laugh for it, I guess I shouldn't have said that was a joke because you did laugh. Uh, but... When it when it ended, I mean, for you, you know, I like I did an interview just the other day with Brandon Cruz from the courtship of Eddie's father. He had a tough time, huh? Oh, you know Brandon. I've known him for years, of course. There you go. So he obviously had a hard time, and he's very open about it. He talks about the fact that he had a hard time. How about you? I mean, was it difficult at all, or did you just move on with your life and not think much about it? You
1: know, it it really wasn't difficult for me, and I, I did continue acting, and I actually turned down jobs and. I don't know. I think I don't, I I had a pretty easy transition away from it. And I think a lot of it is in some ways I walked away from the business before maybe the business kicked me out. So I, people, okay. you know what I mean? So I had a, I had an easy transition and I wasn't, I don't know. I was one of those kid actors who I've always had a strong sense of self and, and self-confidence. So, I mean, I, I don't put that much stock in, you know, needing approval from other people, but I mean, I've always gotten approval from other people. So I don't know. I mean, I've, I've been able to continue in the business and say no to a lot of stuff and occasionally do things for fun. And I don't know, pretty easy for me. Good. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> now you
0: say you walked away before Hollywood sort of pushed you away. What was that walking away? What did that consist of when you say you walked away from Hollywood?
1: Well, I mean, I, I was continually, I was offered jobs right after Bewitched and I turned them down. I went to Girl Scout camp instead of doing a part on the Waltons. So, oh, wow. I mean, I, yeah, I kind of walked away from the business. We moved down to Orange County. I continued to, you know, go up to L.A. when there were guaranteed jobs, but I stopped doing the crazy auditions. Where, so, I mean, I wasn't sitting in a room with 100 kids who looked just like me being rejected, I think. I don't know.
0: What is That's a difficult part of the whole thing, isn't it? That, like you said, sitting with 100 kids getting rejected. I mean, I would imagine that yeah. would be a tough thing well,
1: to try it is or it isn't. I think if parents and kids are in the business for the right reason, I think it can be fun. I mean, I actually love the auditions. I, I had friends that I would only see at auditions and I, I love that part. So I mean if, if you're there for the fun of it and you actually love the work, the audition process process isn't terrible. I mean, even now when I do things, I don't I don't audition very often, but when I go to things and I've I've worked in casting, it's kind of fun seeing everybody. So if you have the right attitude. You know, you can have fun with every part of the entertainment
0: industry. Right. And you don't have a parent standing over your shoulder saying, you better get this part. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I didn't have that. That's good.
0: <laughs> That's good. Uh, you know, did the whole experience, how did it inform your life? I'm curious, as, as broad a question as that is, how did the whole experience of, of Bewitched and, and being a child actor and all inform your life? And so do you think the direction you went in your life, which obviously.
1: Changed. Yeah, it, it did. It did but. To be honest, I think I've always and continue to be an eternally optimistic person. So I see all the positive things in my life. I've traveled around the world. I have a house on the beach in Malibu. I have, you know, I've had so many great opportunities and actually know people like Carol Burnett gets up and talks at the Golden Globes and everybody's watching. and thinking, I know Carol Burnett. So, I mean, I've had just amazing life experiences that are only because I was a kid actor. So, I mean, you can look at the long, hard hours or you can look at all the positives. And for me, there are so many more positives than negatives.
0: Talking to you, I'm reminded of that classic scene from the Mary Tyler Moore show where I've
1: got spunk, you've got you spunk. spunk. <laughs> right, right? I hate spunk. <laughs> I
0: love that scene. <laughs> I do too. It's it's a great scene, it's a classic scene. Uh, but you're so Absolutely. enthusiastic and, and upbeat, and that's kind of what it's like. Yeah, you got spunk. I hate spunk. Uh, yeah, well, no,
1: I mean, it, it's about life. I mean, life yeah. will continually throw you curveballs. I bought a house on the beach. Gosh, last August and three months later, Malibu caught on fire and I got in my car and drove out of Malibu and went back and did repairs when I could. And now there's a mudslide and it's OK. You get out of the mudslide and you do your call with Closer magazine. <laughs> do what you have to do. <laughs> but what, do you,
0: what what is the secret of it? Because that's uh, not a lot of people have that sort of strength to sit there and say, OK.
1: You know what? It's something I've always taught my kids. Um, you have no control over what happens or how other people act. You have total control over how you react. You could choose to be happy in any situation. I mean, I could, I could choose to sit in a corner and cry, but why would I? It's more fun to get out and face the mud.
0: <laughs> All right, then. There you go. Go out and face the mud. There you go. Uh, <laughs> it's a good philosophy, you know. Um, you, your career, obviously, your life, uh, I'm not even talking about your private life. I'm talking about your, your work life took a lot of different turns, a lot of, you know, between modeling and commentating and, and all sorts of different things you've done. Was that Absolutely. A, was that a plan or is it just, you kind of just went with the flow of life and that's what happened?
1: You know, I've always kind of wanted to do everything, know everything, go everywhere. I've always kind of had a lust for life. So my my philosophy has always been, you know, if an opportunity comes, in, you kind of take advantage of it. So, I mean, I've taken interesting, fun jobs. I've turned down things that that would boggle other people's minds. But I mean, you kind of go with life and, and try to do different things. I mean, I don't want to just sit around and do nothing. So I would rather jump off a cliff than sit on a couch
0: okay, you could die jumping off a cliff, but okay, <laughs> that's sort of the yeah, downside. Because, But you
1: live more jumping off a cliff than sitting on a couch. I yeah, mean, it's an experience. For 12 <laughs>
0: seconds, yeah. <laughs> God, I feel alive. I oh, no. <laughs> you know.
1: I'm still here.
0: <laughs> You're still here. I know. You survive fires and mudslides and everything else. So, Absolutely. You know, you also do a lot of charitable stuff, right? I mean, you know. for I do. Yeah. What, what What's that about? It's not serious. I that? always
1: have. I've always volunteered, I mean, ever since I was a kid, and not even because of Bewitched. I've always volunteered for things, done things. I have a strong belief that you need to give back. Um, I feel like I'm really lucky for the life I have and, you know, the opportunities I've had. And, you know, you could either... Take it and do the wrong things, or, or figure out how to use those opportunities to do something good. So, what I usually say is, is, if I'm going to be on a red carpet, I would rather talk about something important than talk about my shoes, even though I wear cute shoes. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mud-covered shoes, but yes, cute shoes. <laughs> yeah, is, is it hard? You know, this world we live in now—it's it, a very and can be a very cynical world. And when you're raising kids. Is it tough, though, to keep that sort of bring to them your upbeat attitude when the rest of the world, not the rest of the world, but you know what I mean, a lot of the world around them, doesn't have that kind of enthusiasm?
1: No, because I think it's it's kind of an obligation as a parent to show them that side of the world. So, I mean, I've I've raised some really, really optimistic kids who take advantage of things and enjoy enjoy things. And they have my philosophy. You can choose to laugh or cry. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I think it's it's part of the journey. It's great.
0: And you got it's got to be special then looking at them and saying, "Wow, that part of me lives on in them."
1: Yeah, well, it's it's great seeing them all do things that they love. I think you know, parents could kind of impose their choices about everything on their kids or you can see what the kids are really interested in and and kind of encourage them to live their lives. So that's what I do. So I have six boys who are as different as as six people could be, but they're all amazing
0: hopefully you won't all jump off a cliff together because that would just be wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, we wouldn't do that probably. <laughs>
0: okay, good. Glad to have for 12 seconds. You'll be bonded like unbelievably, but you know, uh, what are you doing now? I mean, sort of what's going on with you now besides fleeing floods and muds and things like that. What are you, uh, what's going on with you, you?
1: know, Um, lots of things. I mean, this last year I bought my dream car, which is a Tesla. I bought my dream house on the beach. I still have three kids at home and I'm just kind of, you know, figuring out what I do for the rest of my life, whether I want to work at all or maybe just do a couple fun projects. And I mean, you see a lot of people and they work and they work and they work and they never take the time to enjoy themselves. So I'm making sure that I enjoy myself along the way.
0: Nothing wrong with that, for sure. You know, uh, acting still a thing or not really?
1: Um, I do. I mean, I haven't had an acting agent in years, but I still do a few acting jobs every year. I do a lot of theater now. I've done a bunch of web series and pilots, basically as favors to friends. I love the business. Um, I couldn't really do a series until my youngest kids are, are out. I always, you know, I'm, I'm committed to being a parent and I've got three more years while, until my youngest graduates from high school. I have one son with autism, so that takes a lot of my time. But, sure. I mean, I, I will always love acting and I may get an agent again. I mean, I'm offered things a fair bit, which is flattering and I do the jobs that seem fun. So to
0: sort of, consolidate everything we've been talking about life is good it seems
1: life is great absolutely absolutely i mean i have no complaints at all. life is great
0: if you're inspired by erin to jump off a cliff please subscribe to this podcast give us a five star review and tell your friends about us before you do thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time